0: Bandwidth for Priority 1 podcast is brought to you by Playa Escondida. Ever dreamed of visiting Planet Risa? Well, Playa Escondida is the ultimate beach resort excursion. Visit playaescondida.com to book your ultimate vacation getaway. Command codes
1: verified. Priority 1 message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Welcome to Priority
2: One, and now your hosts... Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 144 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded Thursday on October 3rd, 2013, live on TrekRadio.net and available for download or streaming on Monday mornings at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm James. I'm Tony. And I'm Elijah. What do we got this week, guys? Well, this week we trek
3: out a quick roundup of Trek on the big screen, small screen, and the interwebs. In Star Trek Online News this week, Season 8 is beginning to creep up on us ever so slightly. First, in the form of Season 8, Dev Blog Number 1, and then with the return of the Red Shirt Test Server, we'll also be touching on the last of the Dilithium Mine projects with Legacy of Romulus,
0: Dev Blog Number 45. Also, this episode, we have a special Field Notes segment with Pug01. He'll join us to remind captains not to ignore their bridge officers. And later in the show, we'll open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming from you, our listeners.
2: Captains, Priority One Podcast survives only by your generous real-world donations. Please visit com for more information on how you can help keep the show moving forward. Splatter Studios continues to produce some phenomenal Trek-inspired
3: canvases. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com for information on how you can get
0: your hands on these one-of-a-kind pieces of Trek art. Captains, we need your help in a much less expensive way. It's actually Free! We would be honored if you would take the time to nominate us for the 9th Annual Podcasters Awards for Best Produced and Best Gaming Podcast. You can only submit your nominations once and only until October 15th. As you know, Priority One Podcast is produced by the hard work of dedicated volunteers. What better way to recognize that work than with a nomination supported by our loyal fans? Please take a minute to visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and find out how you can nominate Priority One for the ninth Annual Podcast Award. Or just visit PodcastAwards.com and nominate us for Best Gaming and Best Produced Podcast.
3: As Tony said, we would be honored for the nomination. In the meantime, let's get ready to Trek It Out.
1: don't know. Then let's Trek
2: It Out.
0: In our continuing efforts to pummel the deceased equine quadruped, we've got another great Into Darkness spoof. How it should have ended addresses some of the wider open plot holes like the magic anti-death con medicine and the completely obsolete starship fleet soaking up all those resources now that we have interstellar transporters. We'll have a link to this video in our show notes, but hold on. It seems that all of this berating and complaining is finally getting through to Mr. J.J. J. Abrams, Not only has he decided to not direct the next Star Trek film, he's actually apologized for all the lens flares. First account-bound lobby, and now this? Hell has truly frozen over. Wow. Yeah, I know it. I know. But in that very same interview, he managed to throw some very cold water on my personal hopes and dreams. When asked about Star Trek's return to the small screen, J.J. said, and I quote... What I've been told from the powers that be is that they're not interested. Unquote. Now, what I understand from this statement is that CBS is not interested in doing a TV show with him. Well, fine. We'll just have to settle for a show with Tim Russ and Walter Koenig and Corin Nemec from Stargate SG 1 and Sean Young. Sean Young of Dune and Ace Ventura and all those 80s movies fame. Star Trek Renegades begins shooting this week, folks, and we can't wait to see how it turns out.
3: That's right. As a matter of fact, our very own community manager, Adrian Grady, is down there uh, working on set design and construction for the project, which is really exciting. It is, Right, and
0: have you seen one of their sets?
3: I saw pictures, yes. The set that I saw was a modified version
0: of the Enterprise It's the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's the one we were on. But it's modified, though. It's got, like, a a different background. Well, instead of the, you know, hanging vinyl thing that they had up at Las Vegas, they've actually kind of done some foam backing type stuff. But it's the bridge set. It's the bridge set that we had at Vegas. Right.
3: What I really liked was the day one blog where they walked through some of the set design, and then they went through the props, and that was really nice. They have very nice props. They had a bunch of them
2: at the convention I was oogling over. Yeah.
0: My son went over there, like, 86 times, like, looking at the stuff they've got some high quality props on that set
2: i don't know if you guys saw the picture too adrian put up today of her and walter kinnig i did see that i did see that listen
3: i'm really jealous of adrian that she's getting her hands on that project and she will be in the credits i'm sure which is really exciting kudos to adrian for having the opportunity of doing that hopefully she'll be able to get us you know some sneak peek uh, stuff hopefully they'll put her in her ferengi costume yeah that'd be nice that'd be nice <laughs> dar on
0: screen that's right. I want to see Darth Luke on screen. So
3: stay tuned for that. I, like you, am relying on these independent projects like Star Trek Renegades to move the story forward for Star Trek. But um, we'll just have to wait and see when T- Renegades finally comes out. Discover something you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Well, send it over to us via email to incoming at priority one Let's check out what happened in Star Trek Online News.
0: Computer status report. Status. Incoming message.
3: I'm only in the mood for good news
2: today.
0: We're starting to see sprinkles of Season 8 get into player hands this week, not just in the form of the Friday screenshots, but with new features hitting the test server. The first sampling of Season 8 is the new Storming the Spire five-man event. This 15-minute event is playable by mixed Starfleet, Klingon, and Romulan captains. This mission puts you and your teammates up against the Voth. According to the patch notes, the Voth have started an assault on an alien base. Their goal is to steal technology from the base. The players are tasked with stopping the assault while allied troops retake the base. Players will need to destroy Voth troop transports while protecting their allied troop transports. Have you guys had a chance to play this one yet? I have not. I have.
3: Oh, you did? It's fun. Man, I got to watch a video about it. And that's all I saw. It was a YouTube video playthrough by player... Use I liked it. It's pretty straightforward, and it's fun, and the environment's kind of outstanding. That's what I saw from the video, was that the environment was outstanding. What I wish, though, in the video was that he, like, panned around, like, looked up, and down. Did you look up and down and around? Like, what did you see? What did you see? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God. There's, like, this planet, and there's, like, this big arch, and there's, like, spaceships, and, like, explosions, and, like, oh, my God. (laughs) No, seriously, what did you see? That's what I saw. It was a well-put-together mission, and you look up, you're concentrating around this big arch thing, right? So that's really what your environment is. You're moving in and out and underneath this arch area, and ships are coming in trying to drop off troops, yours and the Voth, and there's this meter that kind of shows you the tide of battle, and the more ships that land your troops, the meter swings your way, and if the Voth get troops in, the meter swings their way, and it's, it's kind of fun. I enjoyed it. I had a good time.
3: Now, here's what I saw from the video, was that you could see the... Sphere start curving up in the distant horizon.
2: Yeah, and if you look straight up, you see the sun, and you can see the distant, like, ceiling shot of the other side of the sphere, like, barely, with some, like, outline. You see, that seems like
3: a small sphere to me, then. I would think that you would not be able to look out and see the curvature of the Dyson sphere. You know who we need to have? We need Hurt. We need Doc Hurt. Yes, we need Doc Hurt on the show to discuss it. But I also want to get Taco Fangs on here because I believe he was the artist behind the Dyson Sphere. So he's the one in charge of that distance. And I was reading through the forums, and he had a few points that he made about the art behind the Dyson Sphere and why we see these things. So I think perhaps our next guest... To
0: try to get on the show will be will be taco fangs. Honestly, the thing looks fantastic, and it would be fun to have uh, Doctor Hurd on just to sort of get the physics and the you know the science behind it. But really, as far as art goes, as far as cool looking environment goes, it's a cool looking environment. It's really neat.
3: All right, our first dev blog for season eight is a nicely written in character communicate between Captain Vaughn Alexander from Starfleet Communications Research Center and Admiral Jorel Quinn. According to the communique, in the process of refining a method of reaching the USS Callisto in the Delta Quadrant, they've stumbled upon a hole in the stars, likely to be a Dyson sphere. The letter throws out some nice touchstoning words like baronite, which some of you may know, was used to synthesize the omega molecule. It also seems that Reginald Barclay is involved in the discovery. Maybe he'll become a recurring character during the plot line of these new missions. Now here's the thing. Did the original architects of the Dyson Sphere manage to stabilize the Omega Molecule? Is that what the Voth are after? It's time to speculate, Captains. This week's community question is, what are you interpreting from this communique or dev blog? Let's let our imaginations run wild and tell the story before it even starts. Leave your responses in the comment section below this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or in the Star Trek online forums for this episode's post.
2: Legacy of Romulus, Blog number 45. The final special featured project for the fleet dilithium mine is improved efficiency. Upon completion of this special project, dilithium transfer tubes, pipes and drills will be added to the exterior ground of your dilithium mine. This special project will be available from around 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time this Thursday, October 3rd, 2013, until around uh, when the server maintenance starts on October 17th, 2013, 7 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, whichever is earlier. We'll just kind yeah, of we'll leave it there. there. We'll leave it yeah, there. Yeah, that, that sounds good.
0: We've also got a plethora of patch notes this week. The team is apparently doing a lot of balance passing and some bug squashing before Season 8 really gets rolling. They've done some things with some powers that has the form just a little bit upset on some stuff here. What they've done with Gravity Well and Tyken's Rift is kind of giving them a complete makeover, more or less, to try to balance them out. And they've got some adjustments there. Gravity Well ranks 2 and 3 now benefit from OX Power and Graviton Generator skills. Base damage of the power has been increased at all ranks. The Repel values of all ranks can now be slightly improved with Graviton Generator skills. The Radius bonus gained by Graviton Generators has been increased, and the amount of bonus damage that OX Power and Particle Generators give to this power has been decreased. And that, I think, is really what's gotten to people's craws. There's already been some raginess about the lack of abilities that science captains have to inflict damage, and any sort of tweaking that nudges that power southward is met with some ire, some anger, some perturbation on the forums. And when this hit Tribble, it was kind of angry. And I imagine that once it hits the general holodeck population, that it's going to be angry also. But the flip side of that is that the Tribble testers are kind of a small community, Once it hits holodeck, and if there's real, real, real humongous rage about it, maybe they'll nudge them back northward, but this was, I think, an attempt to sort of rebuild the power. So, if you don't like it, and you're nice about it, get in the forums and tell the devs, and they'll listen as long as you're nice. But they probably want some more playtesting data from a wider base of players before they tweak it back upward. Tychon's Rift had kind of the same thing done to it. All ranks of that power now apply proper bonuses for the user's aux power, flow capacitors, and particle generators. The base value of the power drain has been increased by about a half, and the bonus from ox power has been decreased to less than half of its prior potential. So even though they're applying the bonuses correctly now, you're not going to get the bonuses you might used to have gotten if the power had worked correctly before. Yeah, Um, and the base kinetic damage dealt by this power has been increased by about 35%. So, eh, Tyken's Rift might be more your style now, rather than Gravity Well. You have to play it and give feedback, give constructive feedback, if you think something needs to be changed. Also, this one might even be a little bit controversial. Some of the TAC Bridge Officer powers are going to work a little differently now. All weapon-modifying tactical bridge officer powers are now unable to activate while the category of buff they give is already active. The example they give is, when you have Beam Overload 1 active, Beam Overload 2 can't be fired. So you can't be holding one of those powers and then fire the other one. So that's the double tap that people were sometimes using to get into Beam Overload shots in quick succession. That's not going to happen anymore. All weapon-modifying tactical bridge officer powers are now unable to activate for five seconds after using the ability. For example, for five seconds after firing Beam Overload, Beam Overload 1, 2, and 3 can't be activated. These changes are going to affect all of these following categories of powers at all ranks. Beam Overload, Fire at Will, Subsystem Targeting, Mind Dispersal Patterns Alpha and Beta, Cannon Rapid Fire, Cannon Scatter Volley, High Yield Torpedo, and Torpedo Spread. Lame! Here's the thing, I went and tested this this afternoon before the show, and... It didn't really do much to me. I've got an Odyssey cruiser that I kind of cycle through scatter volleys and torpedo spreads on it to engage, you know, clear spam up and engage multiple targets. So I cycle between scatter volley 1, scatter volley 2, and torpedo spread 1 and 2. And it didn't seem to me like the cooldowns really affected the way I usually played that, which is just continuously cycle through those powers and try to keep both of those running all the time. Didn't really hurt me. I really think they went after this to clear up the double tap, and if that's what it manages to do, then super, it didn't really affect me running two copies of Scatter Volley and two copies of Torpedo Spread. I still have the global cooldown; you always have that. That's that's not going to change. And I didn't see any evidence of some extra five seconds somewhere where, that I wasn't getting earlier.
2: Well, no, I'm. I think my concern's more going to be if you can't do like high yield to spread back to back. So like I do my high yield run and then I turn around and I'll do a spin and I want to bring up spread right away or something like that like if it's just to keep me from going high yield one two and three back to back to back then that's one thing that I can get but if it holds me five seconds from finishing off one and jumping to the next being at two different skills like high yield to torpedo or rapid fire to scatter volley then yeah I'm going to be a little peeved about it because I do that pretty consistently but
0: I was able to run cannon scatter volley with torpedo spread but it may be that they're going to prevent you from doing Torpedo Spread and High Yield. They might be preventing you from doing that now because it's the same category.
2: Well, I don't think you can do that now because of the cooldown. That was my experience. Yeah, the cooldown I don't think will let you do that now. I'm just saying if that part hasn't changed, that's fine. And I understand if they're just saying, like, if you have High Yield 2 and High Yield 3 up back-to-back and you're trying to double-tap those so that you can fire 3 and then turn around fire 4, okay, that I get. That I can understand. I'm doing something. You know, well, I mean, some players are still going to be peeved because nobody likes to have less juice than more, but that I get. But if it comes across affecting, you know, more than just the global cooldown that's always there holding them apart, then I would be a little upset.
0: Well, go play. Go find out.
2: I'm going to.
0: What do you think of the tactical bridge officer changes, Captains? Let us know what you think. Can you run the build you've always run and still be as effective as it used to be? Did you see any changes? Is it business as usual? Or is it a slap in the face? Let us know in the forums or on this episode's post at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
3: Well, Captains, that wraps up Star Trek Online News for this week. Let's invite Pug-01 to remind us about how important it is to pay attention to your bridge officers in this episode's Field Notes segment.
1: I'm sure there is an answer. Well, i better get some facts.
3: Returning to the show again for this episode's Field Notes is Pug-01, Fleet Leader, for Federation Emergency Services. And today's topic is bridge officers. That's right, Captains, we're going to revisit one of the oldest mechanics in the game. But some new bridge officers have been introduced since Legacy of Romulus, and the theory behind how to slot them has changed slightly over the years in the last several months. Pug01 is here to talk about those changes and some good practices that captains can use to get the best out of their bridge officer layout. Pug, thank you so very much for joining us again here on Priority One Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me back.
3: All right. So let's revisit for a moment bridge officers and what they are. You know, how do captains use them?
1: Well some of the new changes that we're seeing is that we just need to understand at first how bridge officers are available to us um, so bridge officers come in different rarities the different quality like we know now you know these can be rare very rare and common and uncommon but most bridge officers they what we have to understand come with four traits four space abilities and four ground abilities And the rarity of the bridge officer can affect the quality of these different abilities or traits. So what we need to look at is when we're looking at the quality of the bridge officer, we can actually identify what the expected quality of the traits would be, for example. And we can start off, traits can be basic, standard or superior in their quality or their strength. So if we're looking at a basic trait, it'll be a little bit weaker. And this is one way of identifying this is that if a trait is basic, it's almost like having a mark one trait. If it's a standard one, it's like having a mark two trait. If it's superior, it's like having a mark three trait. The way to identify which level of the trait it is, is that basic would have the name basic trait in front of it. For example, if it was a trait that's leadership, it would be basic leadership if it was a standard it would just say leadership and if it was superior it will say superior leadership and that's how we can identify the traits
3: now when i go into the exchange for instance and i try to shop for for bridge officers sometimes i do get a little bit confused because there's a purple bridge officer selling for a million ec and then there's a blue bridge officer with the same traits selling for a fraction of the cost and that confuses me a little bit
1: this is where it will take a little bit of extra planning to determine what you might need when we're looking at a very rare bridge officer we can expect two superior traits and two standard traits if we then now look at a rare bridge officer We might not see two superior traits, we might see only one superior trait. Now, what is important at this stage is to determine what you need this bridge officer for. If it's going to be for space and there's only one space trait on this uh, bridge officer and that's really the only trait you're looking for. For example, a human having leadership, then at this point, if you do find a rare bridge officer that is human that has a superior leadership trait, then that is one way of saving a lot of EC. Now, unfortunately, this is not the case. You'll only find superior leadership on very rare bridge officers. And so quite often that's where the EC is going for.
3: Also, Pug, when I'm looking at traits, I notice that a lot of them are very much ground focused and a bridge officer might have maybe one space trait. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Yes, and this has been the case now actually for the longest time. We've had very few space traits. Humans had leadership, and that was really one of the only space traits around there for the longest time. We recently got a few introductions from the embassy. If you're Romulan embassy as a federation officer, you can go and get Romulan bridge officers there, and they introduced some new space traits. But just coming back to the ground traits, what we have to understand about ground traits is they are working only for that bridge officer, meaning that as you have your team going into the ground, say, some mission, and you have your individual bridge officers for you there, those ground traits are only working for those bridge officers. Now, if that trait affects the team, for example, teamwork, then that area of effect of teamwork would actually benefit the whole group when they are close enough to that bridge officer. So sometimes it could actually be nice having a bunch of bridge officers for your ground crew that have teamwork or that have some additional traits that might benefit them. If you are going to give your bridge officer some sort of cloaking ability you could look for a covert trait so that they can maybe hide a bit but most often you would plan on your ground crew having traits that benefit the whole team such as a teamwork. When we get into something for space, we need to understand how that trait works a bit more. And a good example for leadership for example, for human bridge officers or for any other bridge officers that have leadership, this ability no longer stacks. It used to stack and it was very beneficial to have, you know, 5 bridge officers that are humans and getting that additional leadership skill to stack it no longer stacks it might change in the future and it might stack again in the future for this i would suggest keeping an eye on the forums usually somebody will determine hey guys this is stacking again if you need a lot of this go ahead and get a bunch of them but coming to the new traits the romulan bridge officers most of their abilities do stack some of the abilities are going to be changed the developers are talking about taking some of the stacking of the stealth out of the subterfuge out and having only one version work they might decide that they want to bring this back and stack again it's a continuous balance on the developer side to determine how they want to do this
3: I want to take a moment and first identify, for instance, I had been under the impression for quite some time, even after Legacy of Romulus came out, that the human space trait leadership was still stackable. I missed that memo, clearly. Also, Captains, I want to identify what it means to stack the trait. Can you tell us a little bit about what it actually means to stack the trait?
1: Sure. The leadership skill gives you points in structural integrity so what will happen is that if I have structural integrity and let's say that trait gives me additional 20 points in structural integrity then my skill will actually go up by additional 20 when I have that bridge officer equipped and you can actually very easily see this you can take one human uh, remove him from your bridge officer slot and then press the U key on your ship when you're in space scroll down to your skill based traits in the space tab go down to structural integrity and then add the bridge officer back into your selection and you'll see the value of structural integrity go up if you added another human and the a feature of this trait was stackable the structural integrity will go up again by another 20. so adding five of them in would actually give you a hundred extra points in structural integrity.
3: Why would they have removed this? Was this an oversight? Is there any reason given as to why leadership no longer stacks?
1: This was a decision made by the developers, I believe it was related to issues where the hit points of a ship would really just become bigger and bigger. And the way that you want to look at structural integrity, if you had a ship with a lot of hull points, let's say Tholian recluse. Uh, if you had five human bridge officers and you got an additional hundred points in structural integrity from those bridge officers you could suddenly be looking at very very high hit points on that large ship now putting in the Borg uh, assimilated engine and a deflector those heals coming from that proc that could happen every 45 seconds will also increase because of the structural integrity increasing your hit points so that heal is based off some of your skill and then based off the amount of hit points that your ship has so they felt that that was a bit unbalanced for certain ships and I believe they decided it will only stack once um, we see other abilities like in duty officers where they allow you to have three versions of them and some of those values stack so they might change this the way to keep track of this is Keep reading those release notes Uh, whenever they patch. Look at the release notes, and they'll say leadership skill now stacks again, or it only stacks once or twice, you know, depending on how many they decide that it might be.
3: So, then gone are the days of full human bridge officer crews. Now it's all about having Romulan bridge officers with their new space trait. Can you talk to us a little bit about the current traits? in these Romulan Bridge Officers that are stackable?
1: Yes. So the two new traits that we see for space is subterfuge and Romulan Operative. The subterfuge is actually a very, very nice skill in that it gives you bonus defense and gives you a stealth value. Now, most often, the stealth value is nice if you do decide to stealth. There's not a lot of Federation characters that are going to stealth, you know, there's really only a few ships that will stealth but the bonus defense is really a big plus this value does stack so you can easily add up to over a 10 percent increase in your bonus defense the way to look at bonus defense is this is the likelihood of a shot landing on you if you've ever looked in space and you see that miss 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 this is a calculation between that opponent's accuracy versus your bonus defense so adding an additional 10 percent to your bonus defense can be really nice in your survivability of course it requires you to keep moving while you're being shot if you're standing still you lose your bonus defense romulan operative increases your critical chance and critical severity and you could quite effectively add a good six percent to your critical chance and an additional critical severity the romulan operative we most often find on tactical bridge officers for federation this is a little bit different for romulan whether they're federation or klingon but romulan characters can get a different set of bridge officers that will have critical chance on all of the bridge officers not just the tactical ones
3: and now how can we get a hold of these epic romulan bridge officers
1: So, if you're a Federation or Klingon character that are not Romulan, you can go to the Embassy and in the control room, there is a console where you can buy the Bridge Officers. They are quite expensive. What's important to look here is that their quality of their traits vary depending on the quality of the Bridge Officer. And you need to look that the very rare Bridge Officers will have the superior values on the Space Traits the rare bridge officers are a little bit of a difference. The male rare bridge officer will have the superior traits on the space traits and the female bridge officer that is rare will have one superior space trait and one superior ground trait. So right there is a good savings if you're looking for space bridge officers for your space crew there is a a nice cost saving there by going for the rare male bridge officer and he will have the superior subterfuge and the superior romulan operative giving you those benefits on the tactical side you won't have that benefits when you go to the engineering or science characters they just don't have all of that for the space traits but it's a nice cost saving there of getting some bridge officers because the jump between rare and very rare is quite costly romulan's will be able to get their bridge officers as anybody else does you know there's uh, as you level up you'll get some bridge officers you can request for some more bridge officers you can um, see what their traits are you'll have to sift through another place to look for them is on the exchange of course when they very well spec' in their traits you will definitely see them listed on the exchange they're quite pricely Uh, you can look around 7 million EC, maybe 10 million EC for the really high quality ones. It's a good idea to really take your time and look through the rare ones first because you might save some costs there, but the very rare ones will almost always, there's some of them that will have that superior subterfuge and superior Romulan operative. This really gives a big boost to the Romulan characters because you can really increase your critical chance and your critical severity, at the same time giving your ship a lot of bonus defense.
3: Now the other thing to look at are bridge officer abilities. When you get a hold of a bridge officer, you'll find that they have several abilities, but they're not bound to these specific abilities. They can be trained and swapped, and even you as a captain can train some abilities. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that?
1: bridge officers also come with four ground abilities and four space abilities the abilities are going to be different we have the ensign the lieutenant the lieutenant commander and the commander slots for the different bridge officer abilities you can change these either by training them yourself or going to space dock and going to the trainer there and changing the abilities there now the trainer will only train mark one and mark two abilities you as a captain depending on your skill layout if you look very carefully at your skills you can train additional abilities engineers of course will get the engineering abilities science officers science abilities and tactical the tactical there are a few additional abilities that cannot be trained that you have to find on these different bridge officers and these are the mark three abilities that you'll find on certain bridge officers A good example is Transfer Shield Strength 3 and Auxiliary to Structural Integrity 3. These are quite valuable heels, they're very powerful heels. Nobody can actually train them, you can only find them on existing bridge officers. When you do find them, you can use that bridge officer to train any other bridge officer with that ability, and that is quite a big benefit. So sometimes those skills are actually quite valuable you'll just hold on to that bridge officer you won't commission him and then trade him to whichever character you need to train a certain bridge officer the captain abilities that can be trained can be quite frustrating at times if you have a bound bridge officer you of course cannot trade him to another Uh, captain for him to be trained but if he's not bound just remove all of his equipment all of his devices and you can trade him to another captain who can then train an ability for on him and trade him quite uh, back to you
3: captains there is an amazing resource on Stow wiki that lists all of the bridge officer abilities it's a bit of a lengthy link So we will most certainly have it in the show notes for this episode. So be sure to check that out. If you want to research bridge officer abilities, uh, their different powers, what they can do, what they can't do, so that you can better plan your ship layout or ground layout.
1: Yes, it's definitely worth putting a team together for your space side and then a little bit of planning, and you can have a few additional bridge officers that could actually help you on the ground. So there's definitely the way of bolstering your ground crew as much as your space crew quite often you pick your bridge officers for their space traits and then you at least give them good abilities on the ground and a good example sometimes that i've seen very effective is getting a a two or three science bridge officers for the ground and loading them up with heals they're quite smart quite clever these days the ui got quite a bit of improvements and they'll heal your whole crew you can also drag these abilities off of them and put them on your own tray And actually hit these abilities to actually activate them when you feel like activating them. You can do the same with engineers by loading them up with all of the engineer tools. Say you have three bridge officer crew that are on the ground with you. Putting those different toys out there, you can really create an army of pets that are really just going to help you along. The other way of doing this is with uh, tactical officers is to plan their skills and abilities to assist you potentially having three or four battle strategies on different tactical officers you can then use those to boost your abilities by increasing the damage by activating these whenever you feel like you need them
3: now there's a bit of a hurdle that romulans have to kind of deal with is that correct pug
1: yes uh, romulans at the moment will have a little bit of uh, difficulty in dealing with the bridge officers. You cannot effectively have another captain train them unless they're Romulans. So this sometimes can be a bit of a conundrum there. It's worth having your friends if they have a tactical bridge officer, science or Engineer, and you're a tactical or a captain of a different uh, class, having your friend train them can be a big plus. It sometimes takes a little bit of searching for somebody that can help you out at getting these abilities. On top of it, there's not that many bridge officers we're a little bit still new in legacy of Romulus. So it can sometimes be quite costly to get these very you know unique abilities onto your bridge officers like Transfer Shield Strength 3 or Auxiliary to Structural Integrity 3. The only thing at this point is just be patient. The developers are talking about maybe having some workarounds to this so that anybody can train any other captain's uh, bridge officers. But for now, it's just about being a bit patient and letting you know more of these uh, bridge officers come to the market.
3: Awesome. Well, Pug, thank you so very much for joining us again here on Priority One Podcast to educate us on bridge officers. It's been a while since anybody's revisited them, and it's about time, especially with the changes that came with Legacy of Romulus. How can people reach out to you? Talk to us a little bit about your fleet, if there's a website, if you're accepting applications for people to join.
1: Yes, we have a website. It is ifes.us, and actually on the website, you can register and... Uh, sign up if you want to send a request to join our fleet. We will then reach out to you and uh, see if we can get in contact if you're interested.
3: Well, Pug, thank you so very much for joining us this episode and reminding us about how important it is to pay attention to our bridge officers. Thank you for having me. Let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming.
2: Message coming in,
0: sir. Hailing frequencies. Open.
2: See? We are getting to know each other.
0: And this week we hear from MJ Bird. He says, "I agree with you guys. I would pay for an expansion pack like we got. Seasons, maybe. For Kickstarter, I would not pay towards because that is more for smaller game companies.
3: You see, you see, I told you. I
0: said it was There's no way anybody I would pay I said nobody would like it when I mentioned it. I, but I still think yeah. it'd work. I, I still. Think I, don't it. Think it I, still
3: I don't think it would work. I don't think. I think it would crash and burn terribly. Okay. MJ Bird agrees with you."
2: Michael Sawyer says among the many things that ticked me off was the blatant disregard for distance in this movie. It would have taken Janeway two and a half months to get to Qunos from Earth minimum at warp 9. It takes Into Darkness Enterprise less than half a day going at warp 5 or 6. All this time it seems Qunos was on the outer rim of the Oort Cloud, and we never knew it. Oh, man. Voyager 1's already gone past that. They're, or it's, like, into it right now.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Voyager 1 just flew right past corners. We never even knew. Klingons are sneaky.
3: Sneaky. All right. lacutus writes in and tells us that their moneymaker is the C-Store. And as well with the lockboxes. I will not, nor should anyone else, have to fork out more money to them for them to bring content we as a community want. Let's get away from the huge grinds such as fleet projects or reputation projects and get interesting and fun things to do in-game. I do like that they made Lobby Crystals account bound. Smart move. Will it make me want to spend more? Yes and no. It'll be good to open boxes now that the Lobby can be shared between all my characters, but they need to do more
0: and fix more with the game before I fund them. Sean Newboy writes in, you know, I really need to watch that movie Into Darkness. I haven't been specifically mentioning him, but kudos to Chivalry Bean on his reviews. And as for content in STO, I just want a
2: full-time bug-quashing team. The show. Rob DMC says, somehow I do not believe that them making Lobby account-bound is a sign of the economy shift. When they originally made the Loby character bound, their s- reasoning was that nothing was bind on pickup. That has changed a lot since its first inception. I also do not think the Cryptic will ever stop viewing the character as a customer since it is more profitable for them. For example, triple Borg, Liberated Borg Engineers, Fed EV Suit, and Fleet Ships. When I look at the economy in this game, there are a few issues I see. I want to see the ground loot drops increase in value to be on par with space. Loot. Eliminate the different rep marks. We also need a mission reward update so that the STFs and no wins aren't the only things I find myself grinding and farming in. If Dilithium is time played, then make Dilithium a part of the mission rewards for the story and patrol missions. That's a good idea. I like that. I like all these ideas. Yeah, I like that. That's actually a pretty good idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, people don't grind the ground missions because no. armor is only worth a couple thousand, and you pick up an impulse engine for 50,000. It's true.
2: Plus, they tend to take
0: longer. Ground missions tend to take yeah, longer. and they take longer, so they should have higher rewards. And the stuff that, if dilithium is the time currency, every mission should reward a little bit of dilithium. Agreed. And if you can't do that, if the mission rewards simply won't let you do that, then make the exchanging between dilithium and marks and all this other stuff more transparent and easier. So that if people have too much dilithium and not enough marks, they can swap it. If they got too many marks and not enough dilithium, they can swap it. It's got to be easier. Azurian Star writes in, can't get enough
3: of this guy with his movie sins. He is very observant. He mentions the Enterprise falling to the Earth from moon distance in two minutes, but doesn't say
0: why isn't it falling to the moon? Oh. Come on, you've seen
2: the moon things. They don't have any gravity on the moon. They all bounce and stuff. There's no gravity. gravity. Nothing's going to hit. Nothing's going to get sucked into the moon. It actually fell to the moon, but because the moon's made of cheese, it bounced off. Oh, totally, I get it. They edited that out, though, because there was too much lens flare on the cheese. (laughs) And where were the other (laughs) ships that were in space dock? Nobody's
3: able to lend a shuttle to help out. Why wasn't anyone in San Francisco warned that a huge starship is heading there and to get the heck out of the way?
0: They did seem very surprised to see the starship show up. They did seem like, what's that big thing falling out of the sky towards us at a very high rate of speed? You
3: would think that somebody would sound an alarm, like there's some kind of patrol going, Hey, that's falling, that's falling pretty quickly. Hey, hey guys, hey, you should probably move. Azurian Star goes on to say, I don't like the idea of paid content. Look at Tor and free to players having to buy access, and it's not really working out for them. To get that true MMO feel back in the game, then ditch the instant action of the queue system. Not only does it have many obvious flaws like moochers and griefers, but it also really takes away from the social aspect of Stowe. To get that true MMO feel, I don't know if they need to remove any of the, the missions, and he doesn't really say remove, he says just ditch them. I just think moving forward with missions just make them more team-oriented, where it matters who you bring.
0: He wants to bring back the long-form STFs.
3: It's just there's no holy trinity in in Star Trek Online. You have three careers, but there's no trinity. So Azurian Star says, I want to see old-school MMO dungeons in Star Trek Online as well. Not like they never showed dungeon crawling in Star Trek them crawling among ruins, caves, or even wreckages. Which they did a lot. But it still doesn't answer, where's the Holy Trinity?
2: Well, I think, again, it's going to boil down to everybody has to be able to play the way they want to play and the way they can play. Because, okay, like this whole week, okay, you guys were talking about, have you tested this? Have you gone on triple and tried that? Well, no, because I barely have enough morning to get on each morning before work. I barely have enough time to get each of my two characters through crystalline entity wants really quick to grab my crystal of the day so I can get my 14 for each one of them and then I go to work and that's it and then when I get home in the evenings if I'm not on call and working all night till 10 at night then I'm spending that time with my wife or doing house chores or things that need to be done so there has to be something for the guy who doesn't have a lot of time and needs to just jump in and knock something out and there has to be something for the guy that wants to spend two hours and form a team and do all that I'm down for that too I like doing that now and then it's just that my life really doesn't permit that much time often to do it You know I'm not saying one deserves the other I'm just saying they have to have the balance so that everybody can play the way they want to play and need to play in other words need meaning like me I only have so much time I need something short and quick that I can jump on and spend 30 minutes on before I go to work that doesn't change the fact that you would not be able to do a mission yes it does by doing a whole why 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 because what if I can't find an engineer What if I can't find a medic? What if I spend 10 minutes of my 30 minutes looking for the other two people that I need to do this mission? I can't do that. I can't spend 30 minutes or 15 minutes looking for the team before I ever start. I have 30 minutes to get on, do it, get off, period.
3: This is not a first-person game this is a, a massively multiplayer online game the, you know this
0: has to cater to several audiences and several gamers and right now that segment is underserved right the segment that azurian serves referring to is underserved the one that wants the two-hour dungeon crawl that that segment is underserved
2: and i don't disagree and like i said everybody should have the option to play the way they want I'm, right. I'm not disagreeing i'm not saying they shouldn't have that i'm all for it have it i'm just saying don't have that in favor of the other have both
0: right don't ditch the queue system exactly but the idea is that the queue system has problems because of the Moochers and the Griefers. No, yeah, sure. no Moocher yeah. or Griefer is going to sign up for a two-hour-long dungeon crawl and go AFK for two hours.
2: Well, I don't, know. I don't know. I saw it happen when we used to do the long STFs. I used to have that happen all the time, actually. If
3: created properly in an MMO, you will not be able to progress in the mission without that person moving forward with you. So you can't do that. You can't bot it. You can't do that with a properly created dungeon endgame mission that person has
0: to move forward with you. Otherwise, it just the mission will not will not progress forward. The way that this game is instanced, you can just transfer out of the map and that guy's stuck and he won't be able to finish, but you'll transfer to the next map. So, I mean, there's ways to fix this. What I'm saying is that the queue system, as it is, lends itself to this Griefer-type stuff and this AFKer type stuff. If you had a long-term, long-form dungeon-crawl-type thing, there are ways you can build in traps and sinks to get those people out. It's an underserved portion of the community. I would like to see a two-hour long-form raid come back.
2: Yeah, and I think it'd be fun. Like, on a weekend when I do have a lot of time, I think it'd be really fun to do that. Well,
0: Chivalry Bean writes in, Star Trek Into Darkness sins. give a listen to the Mission Log interview with Bob Orsi. I still have some issues with the film, but this interview makes me want to give it another look from a different perspective. Even if what was made missed the mark, or didn't, I'm waiting to see it again. I think the intentions were right in general as far as Bob Orsi goes. Of that team, Orsi,
3: Kurtzman, Lindelof, and Abrams, he has declared himself to be like the Star Trek fan of the group. That he grew up watching it, et cetera, et cetera, and that when he was approached by it, when, when he and Kurtzman were first approached by it, he was hesitant to take on the project. As a matter of fact, he was ready to say no, unless it was done correctly. And then the mentality that I pulled from it was you know, he essentially said, well, one way or another, somebody's going to F it up, <laughs> and I'd rather that person be me. <laughs> and at least I'll, I'll f it up in a way that is still arguable in one way shape or form in terms of the trek universe which you know that's a good point you know that's a good point if we had been tasked to create the future star trek you know what better a fan than not a fan or better somebody that has absolutely no idea what they're doing when it comes to screenwriting so i respect that i respect that acknowledgement that it was well i can pass this on and let somebody else f it up or
0: i can f it up and that's I think that's admirable. In some ways an impossible task was given to these people. Make a popcorn movie that'll make half a billion dollars. Oh, and also please all the fans that have, you know, watched this thing since we were the studio owned by, you know, Lucille Ball back in the
2: 60s. You know, I mean, kind of
0: impossible. I understand.
2: RobRay71, while making loby account bound helps those who have already accumulated loby over time, it still has absolutely no impact on what Elijah astutely pointed out regarding the accumulation of loby. How much money would it take to accumulate enough loby crystals to buy a ship or, you know, something like that at the store? Based on the average drop from lockboxes? Far too much for me. While I find the lobby change a nice gesture on the part of Cryptic, I definitely do not perceive it as being anything near game-breaking, nor does it seem to preclude any kind of economy revamp.
0: I think, hopefully, it's the opening salvo of some changes, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. One of the other commenters pointed out the EV suits are still character-bound, You know the Borg Tribble, those other things are still character-bound. Yeah, it didn't have to be the beginning of it, but I certainly hope so. It it needs to happen. All right,
3: Captains, we want to give a special thanks to all of our new followers on Twitter. Uh, Thank you for retweeting us, for liking our tweets, uh, and for those of you on Facebook, to the new likes on Facebook. Let's keep that number going up. Feel free to share everything that we post to your friends who might also be Trek fans. Please feel free to keep those comments and responses coming again you can leave your responses to this episode's community question in the comments section for this episode on priority1podcast.com or on the star trek online forum post for this episode we want to hear from you we love hearing from you guys and your thoughts
0: about the topics we discussed on this episode so be sure to reach out to us well that wraps up episode 144 recorded live on trekradio.net Remember, we've moved our Thursday night live recordings on Trek Radio to 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
2: Captains, we're looking for new writers and bloggers. Join our team as a guest blogger on PriorityOnePodcast.com. If you have other skills that you believe could enhance our content, then reach out to us via email at incomingpriorityonepodcast.com. Let us know what you can do.
3: As you know, we love hearing from you, our loyal listeners. If you have a suggestion, idea, or topic for any of our segments, or you have general feedback about this episode, our email address is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you on iTunes as well, so let us know how we're doing in the comment section of this podcast on iTunes.
0: Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to Facebook.com forward slash podcast and give us a like, or check us out on Twitter via at STO
2: Priority one is brought to us by the generous donations of listeners like... You, Please visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and find out how you can help support the show. Also,
0: don't forget to support a friend of Priority One. Check out Splatter Studios' Trek-inspired canvas art by visiting their eBay auction for the Ambassador Class Starship Splatter Painting. If this auction goes well, you'll be seeing many, many more.
2: Captains, we'd be honored if you'd nominate us for the 9th Annual Podcast Awards. Please visit PodcastAwards.com and nominate us for Best Gaming and Best Produced podcast thanks to the entire
0: team behind priority1podcast.com additionally audio editing and engineering for this episode of priority1 podcast was brought to you by Nighthammer sound productions thanks to the composer of our theme music chris watts and thanks to our syndication partners subspace radio black star radio and trek radio special thanks to our sponsor sayulita.com and most importantly a big thanks to you the stowe community and our listeners without your ongoing support none of this would be possible red
2: alert Shields up. Ready weapons,
0: engage.
2: For complete. Check it out, (laughs) Elijah. What?
0: (laughs) Check it out, James Elijah Tony, Sync 3.
2: All right, Captains. Discover
3: something you think the rest of our list. I clearly have something in my throat
0: tonight. Shut up, James.
3: Oh, my. I keep wanting to say communique for whatever reason. Communique. <laughs> <laughs> Not for tofu. I know. Before I go on and move forward with this joke, did everybody know that it's Admiral Jorel Quinn? Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. I really don't read the missions, do I?
0: <laughs> no. No, you don't. Not even when your friends write them, you don't read them.
3: Ah. <laughs> uh, all right, then I'm going to have to skip this joke. <laughs> According to the. Co- oh, I sh- see, I was going to say communique. Communique. Communique, 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 communique.
0: I've got a communique from Nosferatu tofu. No, it's communique. <laughs> communique from Nosferatu, not for tofu. I've got a communique. In
3: According commu-
2: to the... and communicato.
3: Communicacion. In the process, in the process.
0: In the process of making the communique. I
3: oh, know.
2: Actually, what I was going to do was just choke up for the first three words of my section for like half an hour like Elijah did. <laughs> it wasn't a half hour, okay? It wasn't a half hour. Uh communicata Okay, moving on. Legacy of Romulus Dev blog number forty five. The I'm final gonna, you know what? I'm gonna pimp I'm now I'm gonna nitpick it. Every
0: word you say. He did say Lacey of Romulus is what he I did. heard. He <laughs>
3: did. He said Lacey of, of Romulus. I said
2: legacy. <laughs> I say it quickly, no, though. Learn your Romulus. words like a drunken fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I okay. looking at the legacy of Romulus Okay. Day. <laughs> All right. This goes both ways. Just remember that. You started. Uh-huh. We'll see about that. The final special feature project for the Fleet delete. Oop! I see you there. Now I almost got one. I almost you said dilithium mine. You did say dilithium. <laughs> the nuclear vessels have dilithium. <laughs> <laughs> Project for the fleet dilithium mine I'm is.
3: I'm L- Lacy of Romulus.
2: Lacy. The line,
3: the new line of women's apparel, coming from R- New Romulus.
2: Lacy of <laughs> Romulus.
3: That's a new commercial. <laughs>
2: tired of looking like a Varul, you need Lacey of romulus <laughs> i love it all right brand it sell it let's go oh my let's try this again shall we
3: it's gotta be it's gotta be Adrienne tr doing doing darsaluga but with a sexy voice Aww,
2: exactly <laughs> I'm here to see the new no, Romulus line.
0: Oh, I just have the most horrible picture in my head right now.
2: Uh. <laughs> and and in the background I'll be dressed as uh, Fleet Admiral Tape and I'll be rubbing her lobes. <laughs> <laughs> this has gone terribly south, gentlemen. Oh. Terribly oh. south.
0: Hey, hey, Terry do you still wanna do you still wanna compete for the worst uh, uh <laughs> raw dialogue? I'm sorry, to
2: can this you, did you say genitals <laughs> <I know. laughs> you beat me to it dude you beat me to it I was going to say he just said genitals <laughs> oh my you have auxiliary genitals oh my I wouldn't mind having a set of those myself <laughs> auxiliary and there we go south again
3: skills
0: auxiliary yeah. generator skills. You know skills. what's nice
3: is that we are <clears throat> uh, we are no longer in family hour. So so <laughs> so yeah.
0: Yeah. epsilon of the chat room says it's a dick it, move. It's a dick move. <laughs> and it that was really basically is. my point uh, because the forums are <laughs> pissed about this. All
3: right, I'm sorry. Go back to that wherever you were about the auxiliary Okay. I think is I think is when
0: I said improve slightly with the graviton generator skills and I sort of put together generator and skill which makes Genital. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Um, okay, so let's go back to that.
2: Go back to your genitals. Go back to
0: that. (laughs) Um. why is this show?
3: I don't know. (laughs) Good radio.
0: We are the best podcast. Be sure to nominate us for the best podcast. We are very good.